Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. We are all about unifying a generation of college students to be disciple-making followers of Jesus. It's our goal each week to equip and empower you to make disciples on your college campus. Whether you're enrolled in a university, taking a gap year, attending school virtually, or simply 18 to 25, grab your AirPods and let's have a conversation. Hey, everybody. If you uh, are a regular listener... We just want to say thank you for supporting the Refuge Podcast. Uh, we twenty five hundred downloads. We over twenty five hundred downloads now because I just refreshed it and there was one extra, so twenty five hundred and one. Let's downloads. just say that I mean I think we we release one every week. Yes, so once a week. That doesn't mean a whole lot, but that's okay. No, it's good. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, so, so thank you, thank you, there. everyone, thank you, all twenty five hundred of you <laughs> for your support, or for the few of you that listened over and over. Uh, you're the best. Uh, we never thought that we would make it this far. Honestly, <laughs> we tried. No. If you haven't heard, we tried to do a podcast for like a year and a half straight, and kept getting in arguments, and just was it not happy it was with it. It was a test for our marriage. Yeah, it was a yep. It was a hurdle for our marriage that we have overcome, and here we are. Uh, so if you are one of those lucky, uh, blessed listeners out there, um, you probably heard a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about how we originally, meaning back in our early years, Caitlin, cause we're not young anymore. We are not dancers. We're not much for being dancers. I, maybe I am. I don't know, but you're definitely not. This is not me insulting you. You would vouch and say you're not a dancer. Yeah. Right. Correct. Okay. So even at our own wedding, there were. Very few dances, but there was no dance floor. There was no... That's, was that's there? not true. There was. Oh, you're right. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, so we're not big dancers, but we've had a couple weddings this summer. And the weddings that we went to, uh, if you know who they were, they're very big into dancing. And so we were pulled out onto the dance floor. Well, you all will be very proud of us, but we have recently got... We're, new, we we're late to the game. Uh, Just Dance on our Apple TV because our girls love to play it and love to go up there and dance and stuff. And Caitlin and I have been participating in Just Dance. Yeah, so I, I was learned sweating that tonight. you could buy, like, you, you, you know, we used to just do, like, two songs a day because you only got 100 credits, <laughs> like, every 24 hours or something like that. But Adam was sick last weekend, and I needed something to keep my sanity. And so I looked into, like, oh, Just Dance. Like, how much is this? Like, how much would this even cost? And I found out that it was twenty four ninety nine A year. A year, every 12 months. And I literally yelled inside the house because I was like, I would have done this years ago because I didn't realize it was just $25 for an entire year of unlimited dances on Just Dance. And they, the girls will stand in front of that TV and just dance. Yeah, dance. and I mean, I think it's a win. Like, they're having a blast. They're, you know, exercising. Well, it is exercise. I was sweating tonight. Yeah, and so tonight it. we figured out, oh, let's add another remote to the mix here. And Adam and I danced together. Yeah, it was awesome. And I will say I've done three dances, two solo and one with you. And all three times I have gotten five stars. So yeah, it I, may be said on like the easiest level for like toddlers, but regardless, I'm killing it. Killing it and... Yeah. Right. I, so I please just let us know if you want me to show all of you guys a video of Adam no. doing it so you can vouch for his five star dance moves. Okay. Well, that actually, what you just said, will help us get into the topic because <laughs> there is nothing. The people that say they don't want to dance or that they're afraid to dance or whatever, 
sure, it may be that they're terrible at it. But like we said on a few podcasts back, not everyone out on the dance floor at a wedding are good dancers. You don't have to be a great dancer to go out there and just act a fool or like do what I do, which is basically just jump up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know the words to the songs, you basically just stand there and kind of sway side to side, but you yell the words at the top of your lungs because you know the words. So it's not necessarily that you're an amazing dancer, but if you're the ones sitting over and like you continually keep, you know, taking sips of your drink or to try to avoid like eye contact with people, then it's because you don't want to throw yourself out there and have everybody. You, you feel like if you go out there and start dancing, everyone's going to be looking at you. That's the feeling you have. It's like if I go out here, everyone's going to be watching me. Yeah, and everybody's going to judge you. Oh, dancer, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, my gosh, they're all looking at me, and they know I'm a terrible dancer now, and now they're all judging me, and they think differently of me, and all these thoughts have swirled through my head nearly every wedding I've been to <laughs> in the past. So it kind of gets into our topic a little bit. It's kind of far straight, you know, out, you know, out there. But uh, the, the point is, we don't like to be judged. We don't like to be looked at differently than who we think we really are. Right. Uh, but... I'm fishing, so Caitlin, get us into our topic <laughs> for the day. Uh, help me transition out of this uh, just dance because now I want to go up there and get my workout on. You know? So even when it comes to us creating our schedule for podcasts and what we talk about, a lot of it honestly comes from a lot of our personal relationships and our, you know, yeah. the students that we talk to or so you know, better watch our out. friends or whatever. And so recently, the past couple of weeks, I've been talking to one of my friends who I, I talk with pretty frequently, and. She made a comment, and I was like, man, that is good, and I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people feel like this, and I thought it would be a good um, just topic for us to unpack today. But she said this to me. She said, I feel like sometimes I'm too Christian for my non-Christian friends, but not Christian enough for my Christian friends. And so as you heard me say that, you're probably like, yeah, I've actually felt like that before. And you could really fill in the blank with a lot of different things. It doesn't even have to be Christianity. It could, it, sure. you know, it could, it could be, oh, I feel like I'm like not very stylish for this group of people, but for these people, oh, they think I'm really stylish. That's me. You just hit me right there. <laughs> well, no, nah, that's not true. I don't really care. No, <laughs> so, there's just, there's a lot of different things we can put into that, you know blank space or whatever. But today what we really want to talk about is when you're that person that maybe you have a bunch of non-Christian friends, but maybe they think you're like super Christian, but then you also have this circle of like very Christian friends, you know, that you think you're not Christian enough for. And we see so many red flags, honestly, in this, this sentence, the statement as a whole, right. you know, when you look at it, because when we start labeling people as like not Christian enough and too Christian None of this like mimics the heart of Jesus and and what He calls us to. And so today we just want to talk through um, just some some things to think about when you feel this way. Um, but also just obviously we want to take a look at Jesus and how He sure. mastered this, and um, not just Him but His disciples as well. So we're gonna kind of unpack that. Yeah. Well, and the phrase "too Christian," you can't be you can't be enough like Christ. Like you can spend the rest of your life being as much like Christ as possible and keep striving. You don't ever reach a pinnacle where you're like, okay, I reached that spot and now I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa I got to calm down. I'm too Christian. Like, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying what we're meaning. We're using the word Christian as more like an adjective instead of like who you actually are, your identity. So we're using it in the sense of maybe maybe replace that with like overly spiritual or too spiritual or you talk about churchy stuff too much. We we all, if you, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus or you even want, to one day be a Christian, you need to strive every day to be more and more Christian because mm-hmm. Christian means Christ-like. So 
with that being said, though, the, the phrase of, you know, being too spiritual around my non-spiritual friends and being not spiritual enough for my spiritual friends, uh, you find yourself in this awkward stage of like, who are my, because I think the question you would ask with that is, I enjoy both groups of people, but they're probably in that, in this scenario, there's probably a person or a small, like really small two or three group of people that those are your people. Like you can be your true self. They know you love Jesus. They love Jesus too. But if like you let a few cuss words slip out, they're right there with you. Like they're, your, they're the people that you can be a hundred percent comfortable with. And those, those are like your people. And I would say, what is the common denominator in that group? Because the answer that I would give is full-on authenticity, like 100% genuine. You are your true self. There's nothing you're holding back. You can talk about anything, the good, the bad, whatever it may be. That that group of people, for whatever reason, you, you have all earned and worked towards that level of just true authenticity, and that is where you sit. And then you have the other two camps that find your, you find yourselves being pulled one way or the other, and that's where you struggled. Is that you kind of get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think in our own minds, we we have this general assumption that there's some standard that oh, I have to be living, looking, sounding, talking, acting like this to be the you know the good Christian. Like this yeah. is the standard. And when you're not that standard that you've created in your head, then you're not a you're not a good Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're a Christian, you love Jesus, but you're not like that kind of Christian. And so you've kind of created all these assumptions. And what also you can hear from this is just some fears and insecurities of other people's judgments the two Christian people judging you for how you're living, acting, behaving, but also the the non-Christian people maybe might be judging you for how you're not living or acting like a Christian or, you know, or because they think that that's weird, you know? Right. So I think there's um, a common word that we hear all the time that is a trap and it's comparison. You're comparing yourself to both groups and you're trying to figure out where you fit in the most. And I think most people in this scenario probably are you know, they're, they, like they might look a little bit like the world on some days, like, like some of us, a lot of us can do, but also, you know, you strive and want to look more like Jesus. So you kind of feel like you're in this in between. So first thing I would say is, you know, comparison is a trap as we all know. So you have to let the comparison go and stop worrying so much about what other people think about you and keep your eyes fixed upwards. Like keep your eyes fixed on like Jesus, knowing that you are running that race, like and your race and your journey looks different from anybody and everybody's and growing confidence in what that looks like for you. I think we lack the confidence to believe that we're actually trying to grow and look more like Jesus sometimes because we doubt ourselves. We feel like we're not measuring up. We want to constantly be thinking of all the negative things, the things that we're not doing instead of focusing on the things that we want to be doing, we're trying to do, and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Yeah, I think that what you were saying too about having, you know, both sides, if you're not careful, what's going to happen is you're going to get real confused of your own identity because mm-hmm. you're with one camp and you're trying to to fit in or not offend <laughs> that mm-hmm. group. And then you switch over to the other and you do the exact same thing. But those things are opposite. So mm-hmm. now you've completely warped 
your own view of who you are because you're constantly being pulled in different directions. Mm-hmm. So you use the word confidence, like be confident with who you are. One thing that I would do, because I did this when I was in college, is when I was around, I've mentioned like my freshman year was, was tough because I felt like I wasn't around anybody who loved Jesus. And so in that group, what I did, and this is what I'm telling everyone not to do, is I was, you know, again, way over the head Christian for the group of people I was with. So I just cut them off. I just basically cut them off in my head and said, I'll be friends with them and I'll, I'll whatever, but I'm not, I'm not ever going to hang out with them when they're doing the bad things. I'm not going to talk to them about Jesus. I'm not going to, I basically just kind of cut the the whole chance of them potentially coming to know Jesus because of something I say or because of that I brought up a conversation. There was zero effort of any kind of evangelism on my end because I knew that I was too Christian for that group. So don't do that. Like don't, God could use you in the most unbelievable ways. So just because you feel like maybe in that group of four or five, 10 friends, you're the only one that's reading your Bible. You're the only one that's, first of all, that's something to be proud of. Like read your Bible every day, read your Bible all the time, but don't close yourself off to think that there's still something you could say or do to point one of those friends more towards Jesus. That that should be the ultimate goal of what we're doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So being that one friend in a group that's not really following Jesus, but you you are that one, man, I think God's got you there for an incredible purpose. And it's not to just follow along. Yeah. It's not. There's, there's no way. There's no way that you are intended to just go with the flow with a bunch of friends that aren't following Jesus as closely as you are. Man, you are there to pull them along and help them and encourage them and but do it in a realistic, authentic, genuine way, you know? Yeah, I think that goes back to just being real, saying, hey, I struggle with my relationship with the Lord right now. I don't know what that looks like. This is where I've been. This is where I am right now. These are my questions. These are my doubts. Like, this is what I'm walking through, and I'm trying to figure this out. And so just as much as, like, you want them to have, like, grace for you— like you want to have grace for them. Like I feel like it needs to be a very grace-filled kind of relationship, yes. and I think it can be hard to expect that. Of course, out of your circles of friends that are non-Christians, you know, they they might not really understand that concept of grace like maybe your circle of Christian friends do. Um, but definitely be sure to extend that um, when you're walking through those seasons, and, and more importantly, maybe even extending it to yourself because yes. you put a lot of pressure on yourself, expectations to live, act, look a certain way. And you're just trying to figure out life and that's okay. Like everybody is on their own journey. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that sometimes that, you know, everybody's journey looks different. Everybody's doubts, everybody's fears, questions, you know, what they're confident in, what they lack confidence in, what they know about scripture to be true, what they know about Jesus and their identity. I mean, everybody's journey is so incredibly different and we need to stop, you know, comparing and having these standards in our head that aren't even scripture, like based off scripture. Um, We've just kind of created them on our own. Yeah. When I think of like people and we'll finish up and kind of give you some things to, to be challenged by, I hope. But when we, when I look at people in my life that I considered to be more, and again, this phrase is weird to me, but more Christian than I am, or just following Jesus closer. Or like It just seemed as though they had a better relationship with Jesus than me. When I think of those, they're, I think of two specifically, but they weren't the kind of people that when I was around them, I felt 
judged or I felt less than or I felt like I was the immature one in the group. They never made me feel that way. Never. They they were always encouraging and building me up. And if anything, I wanted to be around them more because they were encouraging to me and building me up. And I looked up to them. And those are the people that you need to find yourself around. And again, just like you know, we always want to look at the life of Jesus. You know, there was never someone that Jesus was around and they were like, whoa, you're over here performing miracles and turning stuff into wine and healing people. You're too much for me. I'm not going to hang out with you. If anything, we saw the opposite with, you know, Jesus going over to Zacchaeus' house and, and, you know, Matthew being a disciple. Like these are people that Jesus really, if you look at levels, which I think we do that in our culture, but Jesus does not look at people in levels of like how good they are that you know that's just I just don't feel like Jesus looks at us in that in that way but if anything Jesus was around all kinds of people like all sorts of people on different in different walks of their life um, and his sole purpose was to draw them closer what he would say draw them closer to the father and so in any scenario in any camp you're in we just want to leave you with this like understand that regardless of where people are your your close friends or where they are in your life if you have a group of friends that you get around and when you get around those friends it's like all of a sudden you have this free chance to just go crazy and get buck wild because you're around that group of friends that likes to do that they're a bad influence on you and you may need to rethink that I'm just going to say it, but that's that's just how it is. If you have a group of friends that you're around and they always feel judged by you or feel like you're the goody two shoes, you need to you need to check your attitude and your heart and ask yourself, am I extending enough grace to these friends and am I extending enough grace to myself with this? And for those people that you are super authentic and genuine with that you feel close with, like that's your group, y'all push each other. Y'all challenge each other, talk about things like this and say, okay, how can, you know, y'all help me. I got this group of friends that, you know, they feel like I'm always judging them. And how can I, y'all help me? Here's some things that we say and how we act. Like, what, what do y'all see? Am I, you know, am I offering enough grace to them? And, um, and then on the, the flip side, like I got this group of friends that we just go crazy. Like, how can I say things where I don't just sound like a goody two shoes all the time, uh, but I do try to help push them towards Jesus. And uh, so talk about those things with those really authentic, genuine friends, but be thinking about really the biggest thing is, am I, am I extending grace to my friends and am I extending grace to myself? And regardless of which camp your friends are in, it's all about getting closer to Jesus, regardless of the scenario. It's all about, you can never be too Christian. Like, get closer to him all the time, all the time. And if there's a group of friends that that more times than not don't help you do that, I would say you need to rethink that community. I'm not saying cut them off. Remember, don't do what I did. Don't just completely cut them off. What I'm saying is they don't need to be influencing you. You need to be influencing them flip the script on that um, and and make it to where everything is pointing towards him. It's challenging. It's hard. I know it. I, I get it. And especially in college, you're around so many people um, and it can naturally happen where you have these, you know, two sets of friends. I got my, you know, crew friends that I go to crew with and I'm, I'm, I hang out with them. But then I have these other friends that we hang out and we do other things. So I, I get it. Like it, it happens, but work really hard uh, and, and really be thinking and praying about it and, um, and have those friends with you that can help you um, to point all of your friends toward Jesus regardless of which camp they're in. So we hope this was helpful and chal- I know it's challenging, but we hope at least it was helpful um, and it's something that we could leave you with to encourage you. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Refuge Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and were encouraged in some way. Be sure to subscribe and share the podcast, and we will catch you guys next time.